0: And welcome to And Then We Fought a Dragon. And Then We Fought a Dragon. My name's Becky. I'm Desiree. And we are back with Campaign 2. Yay! What? It's been like literally two months since we talked about Campaign 2. And we are feeling back in a place where we're ready to catch up. We've got a few sessions to get through. So today, we're going to be combining two of the sessions that we've missed. So... That'll be exciting. We've got a lot of fun things to catch up on. And um, I'll I'll let Des recap us on where we left off two months ago, and then I'll get into what's been happening since. Yeah. It's, um, I feel
1: like I didn't forget about this campaign. Yeah. But I definitely did not remember. So (laughs) interpret that however you please. (laughs) But I'm excited to find out what's been going on. So last time... We were together talking about this campaign. <laughs> you had arrived in
0: Shanusa, I think is the continent, but there's two that sound very similar. One's a city, one's a continent. Okay, so <laughs> we're okay. on the continent of the dinosaurs. We'll go you, with that. You arrived where you were supposed to be. So yeah.
1: good. Um, Why should... The plague is still a thing within your party, particularly yeah. Mako mako right yeah i i as soon as the names come up i will remember them but in this moment i'm like having to scramble i'll recap
0: names before i get okay. into things this time <laughs> <laughs>
1: um so you need to get rid of the plague
0: yeah you go to the
1: market you do some info gathering mm-hmm. you have no luck at the temple no one wants <laughs> to deal with it no um but you find a witch yeah, because that always goes well, and she's giving me the <laughs> heebie-jeebies. Yeah, but you do interact with her. You mm-hmm. make a deal. Yeah. Um, as a result, you do need to kill somebody. He was a bad guy, though, so so it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I kill bad guys all the time, and it's fine. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, that's that's where we were. There's yeah. you know little bits here and there, but not, not too many big
0: things that happened because you had just, just arrived. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, we went back to our boat for the night. Right. Kind of where we
1: left off. So also make a note that you do other than killing that there is another purpose, which (laughs) I had completely forgotten. Rebecca was kind of telling me like, We were discussing the recap before we actually you know jumped into this and i was like what else were you guys doing there (laughs) oh right the whole point so
0: (laughs) salvein and the price daughter need to be rescued
1: (laughs) that's that's where we're at
0: that's where we're at and uh Before I jump into this, I forgot to mention it earlier. When we got on this call, Des and I noticed we were wearing similar color patterns, and Des unzipped her sweater to reveal (laughs) we're wearing the same shirt. Same shirt. Yeah. So that was, that was great. We're on the same wavelength.
1: Yeah. If anyone doubted, oh, are they actually (laughs) really close friends who are inseparable?
0: Uh, Accidentally dressing the same. Yes.
1: (laughs) Very much so, <laughs>
0: which isn't surprising, but also like we no, only have that. three matching tops. Yes, yeah, so it, only it, three. But we have a lot of. I mean, I have a lot of shirts I could have chosen today. Yes, so there we
1: go. I do as well. It was a nice little surprise. It made it me. Awesome. I. It didn't make me giggle. It made me um, guffaw.
0: I was <laughs> laughing a lot. <laughs> yep, life, life just gives you a giggle sometimes, just for fun. <laughs> But anyway, back to the D&D. I will recap our party so we know who we're talking about, because it's been a while. Yes. So in this campaign, I play Brenna, who is our changeling bard, typically looks fairly human. And then we have Sumi, who is our monk, and Nathaniel, who is our warlock, Viper, who is our rogue, Glenn, who is our artificer, and Mako, who is our paladin. And that makes our party. So like I said, we're, we've arrived at the continent. And when we picked up this next session, it, it was our second morning there. And it's super hot and humid in this, in this area. And we're not used to it, not particularly enjoying it, but that's just how life is here. And as we're on the docks, kind of weighing, like how we're gonna go forward with trying to track Salvain and the Price Daughter, because we don't have a ton of information. At this point. So Viper looks around the docks for maybe some Yanti that are hanging around maybe to get a lead on where the slavers that we're tracking went or where they tend to go when they arrive or if they haven't arrived yet. Yes. Snake people. Yanti or snake people. Mm Yes, correct. (laughs) And we do see some hanging around and we send his his Raven over. He's got a familiar Silas so he Mm -hmm. sends him over there to kind of eavesdrop on them a little bit because Viper knows the same language that the auntie tend to speak so he can eavesdrop on them and see if there's any anything useful and he does hear that there is a shipment coming from the northern continent that we came from that will be seemingly arriving this morning or this afternoon Mm -hmm. so we kind of debate whether we should wait for this boat like maybe it's the one that we're looking for and somehow we beat them here Maybe we can just get more info about where to where to go, like their habits and whatnot. So we kind of mull about for a little bit. And Nathaniel's like, hey, let's look for a dock master. Maybe they'll know if the ship we're looking for has come in. So we find the dock master. He's a big half work guy, kind of intimidating, a little bothered by having to answer our questions. Typically, masters don't like us, we've discovered so far. They get irritated by having to answer questions. So is it we... you,
1: or is it just uh, they don't like anyone?
0: I mean, that's an excellent question. Um, but... I like to think it's because they don't like having their work disturbed. So we're just disturbing them to ask questions, but it could be us. (laughs) (laughs) Nathaniel and I go over to ask him, um about like a a ship that might have come from Havenport with Yanti on it and he's like man they come in like two to three times a week I I don't know what to tell you guys (laughs) so we're not getting a lot of information from that unfortunately and while we're talking to him Sumi notices someone unloading another nearby ship who's kind of eavesdropping on our conversation with the dockmaster and it's a, a human lady with like a cool blue wrap headscarf, lots of earrings, a scimitar at her side. She's like, she seems like a pirate, which is very exciting. And so Sumi points her out to Brenna, biggest pirate fan in the world. And we're like, hey, let's go talk to her. Like may- maybe she knows something. <laughs> so Sumi and I go talk to her. And Sumi just kind of basically is like, hey, we, we saw you were listening in on our conversation. And this is where Brenna became, like, super, super cool and was, like, leaning on a, on a box and was trying to be super subtle, pirate lady kind of thing. And was like, hey, uh, you know any Yachty slavers? Just like you do. <laughs> and explained smooth. <laughs> what? I said smooth. Super smooth. Super, super smooth. But she seemed kind of, like, more amused by it than, like, put off by it so that works in our favor and, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I kind of explained that like obviously we're not looking for the yonti because we're team yonti we don't like them we're looking for our friends who were taken by the yonti and we think they were brought here yes. and so she gives us some advice she's like basically if your friends are not found easily give up like don't keep trying it's not worth you guys dying and kill any yonti that see our faces because they hold grudges and If they see us and know that we're trying to take their slaves, basically, we will live to regret it. So that's a little Uh, intimidating there. Um, She does give us some helpful information also that the slavers may have brought the slaves to the Black Tails market or transported them into the forest. Those are kind of the two things that they tend to do when they bring slaves in town.
1: Both sound
0: bad. Yeah, both sound bad. Um, But they move slowly through the forest and they stick to the road, but they don't stop so we have to like catch up to them They're not gonna be like caught unawares at nighttime or something. They just keep going and so we go back to the others and kind of relay this information and Viper thinks he's familiar with this market because he's from here even though he hasn't been around for a long time so we start you know Deciding if we're gonna to go to the market, we decided to wait around a little bit for this boat, just in case, like how easy would it be if the boat arrives? And boom, Salvain and the price are there, so can we? Ta-da! Ta-da! So we wait until like afternoon, which it was a big issue with time because obviously time is of the essence. If they're already here, we're wasting time waiting. Yeah. So that was a, a point that we were worried about. And the boat arrives, the auntie on the dock start like helping them to unload sleighs and salvain and Elnora are not there so that was a little unfortunate but at least we know that they are ahead of us not behind us So we head into the market and as we do, I kind of change my face to look a little more like the pirate lady because like I don't want them to see my face and hold the grudge. But also I don't want them to like be mad at the pirate lady. So I'm like enough like her to be her cousin or like a sister or something just like the vibes because she's
1: cool. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny.
0: You, you gotta do it sometimes.
1: <laughs> like you have a little infatuation going on.
0: <laughs> Big crush going on there. <laughs> Just like, I love you, pirate lady. <laughs> and so we go to the market. There There are some, like, an area where slaves are bought and sold. And Mako kind of notes that there's not that many of them there. And, like obviously there's new shipment coming in kind of thing, but Selbane and Eleonora aren't here at the market yeah. from what we can see. And it does seem weird to like go up to the slaver and ask him about a particular slave. So maybe we'll ask a local and there's a blacksmith that seems to be a bit of a permanent structure. So we're like, Hey, let, let's go there. Cause some of the stalls seem to be like pick up and move every day. Mm-hmm. So we decide we're going to go in and try and get some info from the blacksmith. But like, Maybe we need a story for why we're there. Because we can't just, like, go in and ask about slaves. That's weird. So we need, like, some kind of backstory for why we're going to the blacksmith and looking for the slave. And, like, bring in some business or something. So we have some scimitars that we took from the Yanti that we killed back in Havenport. Yeah. And we kept those with us. So we're like, maybe... What are those? They're, like, a sword. Okay, right. A fancy sword. I yeah. mean, I knew that. <laughs> it's totally very obvious. Yeah. <laughs> curved sword and we're like maybe he'll value the scimitar for us so viper and brenna are going to go in like because like the socially awkward duo everyone always needed basically so we head in and decide that our backstory is that we have a bet and viper thinks i overpaid for the scimitar that i bought at a pawn shop because i paid 40 gold for it and we're getting this guy to value it so he can tell us who wins the bet so we go in we pitch the story That's commitment to yeah oh yeah definitely we I wanted would have loved to to see. know what we were going in with <laughs> uh it was very awkward I, I think he bought our story but he was not even pleased with just having a yanti scimitar in his blacksmith shop he was like i hate them i hate that scimitar get it out basically but he did agree that yeah i I'd paid about 40 gold more than I should have paid for that scimitar because it has no worth whatsoever. So I lost the bet. Poor fake Brenna (laughs) back had lost the bet. So that was disappointing. But then we kind of got into the question part of the interaction and um, asked him if if he knew like who had been buying the slaves recently in the last two or three days kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And he tells us that Swift Shadow purchased a few slaves recently for Mantra's palace and Trito purchased a few for the fighting pits and Trito is a name we recognize because it's who the witch wants us to kill that was an interesting little little connection there and then as a children we, we yeah the children eater uh we also bought a rapier to Thank you for the questions that he answered for us, but Viper didn't actually have enough money to buy the rapier that he wanted, so I gave him the money for it because I lost a bit. So he owes me five gold now, but he bamboozled you. That'll come back around one day. No, I offered. I don't think he even asked me to spot it for him, but I needed the backstory to hold up. You know, you can't, you got to commit to the bit. You bamboozled yourself. I bamboozled myself. (laughs) (laughs) But it worked we got some answers we know two places where they could have been taken so we rejoin the others and viper does also recognize the name swift shadow and the place that is Mantras palace that it's- sounds
1: like a 13 year old boy who drinks mountain dew
0: <laughs> but continue maybe that's like his alter ego Manju's Palace is a magic shop and Swift Shadow is like a super rich tabaxi so maybe he does just like play video games in the basement drinking Mountain Dew or something I don't know he can do what he wants he's got lots of money uh so we decide to try and check the shop first and then we'll go check the fighting pits because it seems like a little bit of a coincidence that the guy we're supposed to kill might have the slaves so we'll try the other place first and then Going so in. subtle. I I'm wonder subtle. what direction you're being pushed in. <laughs> hmm. But you never know. Maybe it's like the opposite of what your assumption is. It's all mind games. It's so decoy. Yeah, exactly. We go to the shop to, to check it out. And the shop is like a literal small palace. It's got patrolling guards and a walled gate. Like, it's quite ornate. And you have to be pretty rich to go in here. Like you don't just wander in and shop around. You you have to be approved to go in and shop around, basically. So we decide our tactic will just be like to walk in like we're supposed to be there, because that always goes well. <laughs> and we walk forward. That's and- never worked for
1: me in my life. <laughs> Surprisingly, it anywhere. didn't
0: work for us either. <laughs> the guards stop us and uh, ask to see our platinum. And for those who who don't know the D and D financial world, platinum's like the most expensive kind of coin you can get. Gold, Me, I, get I think gold. it's like a hundred gold is one platinum. Like it's it's big stuff, and you have to show you have platinum just to get in here, like physically
1: or in your yeah. bank account online. On your I phone. mean,
0: <laughs> it is a fantasy world, but as long I as is, you can prove you have it, I'm just trying to confirm details here. Well, I tried to mine or illusion a bag of platinum. 'Cause, you know, I can do that. And I rolled really terribly. So it was like a 2D cartoon little (laughs) bag which um he wasn't impressed by, uh, shockingly, and was like, Um, what are you guys trying to do? And I was just like, Um, aren't you an appreciator of comedy? (laughs) And so he laughed. He was an appreciator of comedy, but he did not let us in. As you're sweating it's a joke it's just it's funny funny yeah he didn't let us in so that was a little disappointing um but we decided to try and find a servant's entrance because maybe we could double as servants a little better than we could double as rich people (laughs) why do we we think of this first we're poor That yeah that's valid question to be honest (laughs) But we walk around the back, and there's kind of like a walled-in backyard with like a barred gate that we can see through, and we can see who Viper recognizes to be Swift Shadow back there, and he's like sharpening a sword, just chilling in his backyard, with green dyed hair and a mountain (laughs) view beside him. I can't. He wasn't described that way, (laughs) but (laughs) feel free to imagine him that way. Okay, I'll stop. I'll (laughs) stop implying something that's not true. Uh, Viper pulls out his, um, he has like a fancy sword. I think it's a sword. It's called the yakiwa which is very fun to say. We always go yakiwa So he pulls that out and starts to like spar in the air, like a really cool person also like a, a teenager they're very good match for each other <laughs> and he's trying to catch two attention because like clearly this is a guy of the blade kind of it thing. all
1: hit me at once what we're doing as you <laughs> said and he started to spar in the air like a really cool person <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah actually maybe we shouldn't be recording this podcast <laughs> so cool it's super cool it's fine <laughs> actually no we don't we don't need to be cool we're better than the cool people <laughs> We've gotta choose what angle we want to take. they wish <laughs> they could be us they're just yes. jealous yeah yeah that's the route we're gonna take <laughs> uh so he is um sparring in the air
1: with like his a really yucky-o. cool person like a
0: really cool person and uh he rolled really poorly for his oh. sparring in the air so uh he's sparring with the air very poorly <laughs> But it does catch Swift Shadow's attention, so that worked, and the rest of us just kind of lulled about, looking cool as well, because um, we're a really cool party, in case that hasn't been picked up through the various interactions we've had. I assumed that from yeah. the start. I know, yeah, yeah. So my first start stalking the Swift Shadow through the gate, and they're, they're having a pretty decent conversation. They're out of earshot of us, though. Or either they're out of your shot or they're not speaking the same language. Regardless, we don't know what they're saying. And I kind of insight check Swift shadow just from a distance, just body language type stuff. And he does seem to be honest and kind of invested in the conversation. So that seems like a good sign. And as Viper comes back to the rest of us, he tells us that Swift doesn't know where Sabine and Elnora are. So that's unfortunate, but it knocks one thing off our list. So yeah. we know they're not here. Um, and also Viper may have told Swift that we were his slaves, so there's that. We're all just kind of like, what? And he's like, no, nope, moving on, that's fine, no big Hold deal. Hold on. Okay, no, never mind, moving on, move on. <laughs> it was just, uh, a seemingly an illusion that he decided, so if we ever run into Swift again, we have to all pretend to be Viper's slaves, which will be fun, I guess, but they're not in the palace. So we know where to go next. We're going to the fighting pits where Trito might be. And we head in that direction of the city. And we can hear as we approach, like cheering from the fighting pits. There's bleachers that surround them, lots of people watching. And there's four individuals in the pit fighting. Um, A tabaxi, two humans and a half-orc. And the tabaxi leopard is winning quite handily. And there's a balcony to the side with like this ornate big chair, like a throne practically. Um, But it's sitting empty, but we kind of presume that like if Trito runs the fighting pits, maybe this is his chair, potentially, but it's empty. So maybe he's not here today, which pros and cons to that. Um, And at one end of the pit, there's also bets happening and like a board of running leaders and whatnot. And as we're kind of getting our bearings, the tabaxi in the pit wins his fight. So that's very exciting. And as he leaves, he goes over to another tabaxi who Viper seems to recognize and kind mm-hmm. of waves and is hey falcon and that one comes running over to us and is like oh hi friend from the muddy marsh clan and he's got like this panic in his eyes like he's trying to like really connect with viper right now we're like that's a little weird okay and the leopard follows him over his name is fang and he says oh any friend of falcon is a friend of fang fang is like Big ol' himbo. Like he's booming voice, big muscles, super jovial, a little bit dumb. He's Kronk? pretty great. Yeah, he's kind of like Kronk. So he seems really nice, which is fun. We do introductions with him. And he asks if Viper is also here for the clan meetings. And I think Viper said no. I didn't actually note the answer in that, yeah, which is useful. I never but,
1: thought I'd hear you say yeah. that word clan meeting well
0: apparently the tabaxes are from various clans and so they're all having a a meetup is the vibe we get clan is um, just a scary word <laughs> it can be i guess yeah <laughs> okay moving on <laughs> they're cats it's fine <laughs> and fang also invites us like hey this evening you should come have drinks with me and falcon at like this dive bar that's nearby and uh we're like, yeah, maybe, yeah, okay. And, and so he leaves to go on his business and Falcon and Viper talk briefly in Draconic, which none of us know. So like rude, but Falcon, again, seems pretty stressed out. For some reason, he doesn't seem thrilled that Viper and Fang are interacting with each mm-hmm. other. So that's a little interesting. And uh, as that interaction closes, Sumi and I head over to the edge of the fighting pits. It's kind of like a dip down into a literal pit. And we're thinking maybe we can holler down to one of the slaves who are tending to the injured fighters in the pit and see if they have some info on Eleonora or on Sal Yeah. And we notice someone in the crowd has kind of clocked us and is watching us a bit. So we don't really want to conduct this super openly, but Sumi has the ability to mind meld with someone. So she connects with one of the slaves in the pit, startles him a little bit, but he's, he steadies, he's okay. And she starts asking him some questions telepathically. And he knew Eleonora in Havenport. So that's good. Apparently Mm -hmm. she used to bring them cakes at the tar house and was taken with some of them. This makes me wonder. Okay, so we were initially told she was a tar addict Maybe she was just a nice person taking care of the poor addicts of the city. We might have had the whole wrong idea about her this whole time. But regardless, we'll find out when we meet her, I guess. Oh, that's sad. She's yeah. just trying to hang out, wrong be a place good for person. Time. Yeah, yes. and the, you guys made an assumption about her. Well, no, we were explicitly told
1: that oh, so somebody else.
0: could yeah. have made an assumption about yeah. her. So we'll find out which assumption was true. But apparently she got picked up with them at this tar house in Havenport. And a few days after they were picked up, this old guy, presumably Salbane, was also picked up and seemed like really protective of Eleonora for the whole journey. Like he was he was taking care of her, not letting her out of his sight kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And they were not brought to the market with the other slaves, meaning they were presumably taken into the forest mm-hmm. towards the den, which is the Yonti stronghold. And it's basically the place you don't want to go to ever. So yay, looks like we're going into the forest towards the den. That sounds super fun. And uh, we think maybe if we go to the tavern for drinks with Fang and Falcon, we can get some info about the Yanti cause they're locals. So maybe they know like how to fight the Yonti, where they are things. We know literally basically nothing at this point. Mm-hmm. And it would be good to have some information before tracking them out there. So we head to this dive bar. Fang is happy to see us. Falcon maybe a little surprised that we actually showed up. And again, not necessarily thrilled, but uh, Fang is happy to see us. He orders us tons of this really terrible ale that the dive bar has and is telling us, you know, his backstory that he's on the way to the Tall Trees clan and asks if Viper's been there before. And Viper says, not really, but Insight says that that's a lie. And he says he went, but was scared of heights and tall trees is in, in the trees, actually. So Viper's lying about his connection to tall trees, which is interesting, but not something we dove into at the moment. And Viper decides he's gonna ask his old friend Falcon to go for a walk and talk and catch up or whatnot and leave us with Fang in, in this bar. And Sumi mind links with Viper to be like, hey, so there might be auntie in here and Fang talks really loudly. So I don't know if we want to ask these questions we were thinking of here, maybe you ask them to Falcon while you guys are outside. So that seems like it's a little taken care of. Mm -hmm. And when they come back and Viper kind of tells us a bit after we leave the bar, Falcon has told him that along this road through the forest that the Yanti take, they make one stop before they reach the den. And that is at the Serpent's Eye Temple, which is just past the end of the road. Like, mm-hmm. it's just straight jungle there that you have to find your way through. You can't even bring a cart or anything through there. But that's where they stop. And basically, that's the farthest it's safe to go. If if we get there and we can't find them, we shouldn't go any further. It's not going to be safe. We're all going to die kind of thing. But if it's just been a few days, we may be able to catch up. It's still possible. They haven't reached that point. So that's good. And um, we head out for the evening. Uh, Fang is very drunk and gives us like very gentle, strong man hugs because he doesn't want to hurt us as he's saying goodnight. <laughs> he seems like a real good guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, we consider an inn for the night. But we leveled up last session. So I got a new spell. Oh. And it's called Tiny Hut, which means I can create uh, like a 10 foot by 10 foot circle um, with, you know, a dome a little hut and it's opaque so no one can see in but we can see out and it's like a comfortable temperature and it's safe and dry and I can create this this little dome it's an igloo
1: you can make an igloo I
0: can make a little like like it's not physical but like a little protective igloo for us so that was (laughs) exciting we decided to save some money not getting in we'll go do that so we headed to the forest cast the hut went to sleep uh, next morning, you know, we head out of the comfort of the tiny hut back into the heat and humidity of the day on Shinusa. And now we need to find a way to travel through the jungle, because mm-hmm. on foot is probably not the best. We're not going to catch up to them on foot. We need some kind of speed. So Mako has the ability to summon a, a mount that is just a super loyal creature. That he can ride and summons like this kind of large lizard type creature basically picture like a dinosaur version of a rhinoceros kind of i've never it's... had to even yeah. try to imagine what I, I know but now you can try so it's got like scales in a rhinocerosaur a,
1: with...
0: a rhinoceros yeah yes yeah. yeah. so he summons this creature which is pretty cool um uh, but it can't carry like more than two or three of us depending on who we choose and oh it can't be that big so yeah it's it's like rhino size kind of thing a few people could ride a rhino but not like six full-grown adult creatures so that could help but we're still going to need something to supplement with that but it'll be cheaper and uh, he tries out a few names for this creature before landing on sir littlefoot and sir littlefoot and mako can telepathically communicate so he talks to sir littlefoot and um I'm very sad about this because it means in character i don't know what sir littlefoot sounds like but out of character i know that sir littlefoot sounds like a british butler and it's my favorite thing ever he's got mm. the best voice and he's always ready to help sir he's just so
1: funny <laughs> that's great
0: it's great yeah so that's very fun and exciting but again we need to get the rest of us there. And Glenn brings up Mako's folding boat that he got as a gift from Cassandra a while back. And maybe we could take this boat and add some wheels to it and make it a cart. And then Sir Littlefoot could pull the cart. So that was pretty sweet. Glenn knows making wheels from scratch is gonna take a long time. So that's not a great option, but a cart is only 15 gold. The boat can carry all of us, a cart can't carry all of us, but we could take the wheels from the cart, put them on the boat, and then have a way to carry all of us and just abandon the cart box and create a land boat. So we were thrilled about this. Our DM shockingly was not prepared for us to attempt to create a land boat and had to do some research to try to figure out how we were going to do this. He was like, wow, guys, I just, it was, this was the start of a session too. We dove right into it and we're like, land (laughs) boat. He was just like, wow, okay, we're making a land boat now. Great. So we determined that with maybe half a day's work, we could create the land boat. We were going to need a wagon rather than a cart because wagons have two sets of wheels and a cart only has one. We're going to need two sets of wheels. For a boat that will carry all of us but that's still cheaper than buying mounts for each of us to get us mm-hmm. there so that's a great option so we were really excited about that we head back into the city towards the stables to buy a wagon and the people running the stables come over and you know ask what we need help with and we tell them you know we're looking for a wagon, and they said oh well what to fit all of you guys is going to be a little more expensive we're like no 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 We just need the wheels. We don't need it to fit us all. They're a little confused by that, but uh, okay. You just need the wheels. That's fine. Um, Here's a wagon. So we bought our wagon, hitched up Sir Littlefoot and brought it over to where we had some space to kind of let Glenn do some working on it and I cast enhanceability on Glenn to help him. Viper was kind of his extra pair of hands, assistant type person. And as they're working on it, kind of the town dads start crowding around and they're all like kind of watching what's going on here. What are you guys doing? How's that gonna work? Kind of thing. So that was a little bit funny. That's and eventually, funny. after about three hours, we have success. We have a boat wagon, a land boat, if you will. And so Littlefoot is hitched up. We're really excited. Sumi water bends like the shape of a wine bottle and kind of freezes the outside of it. And then I pressed digitation it red so it would look like wine. And then Mackle smashes it on the bow of the boat to christen our boat. We named her the <laughs> really? curve ball. Committed. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, no, fully committed. <laughs> so she has christened the curve ball because she was not what any of us expected, but we are filled <laughs> with her. And we take off into the jungle Viper has sent Silas his raven kind of ahead of us to scout a little bit as we move along and I pressed digitation, some pirate outfits for all of us so we can be land pirates and just have a great morning of it you know we're having a grand time riding through the jungle for about an hour and then we notice these kind of littleish green lizards running like across the road seemingly in fear as if they're being followed, and then four undead gorillas swing over onto the road and uh, decide that we look more appetizing than little lizards and start attacking us. Things happen so fast. Yeah, well, I mean, you're driving down the road and a deer comes running out in front of your car. That happens fast. We just had undead gorillas jump out in front of our land boat. Okay, continue. (laughs) So we had to fight the undead gorillas. Um, because they were trying to eat us, and we did manage to kill two of them, send two of the others fleeing off into the woods, and we booked it out of there real fast, so that was good, and continued on our, our enjoyable journey through this seemingly pretty deadly jungle, and we noticed that the path is pretty well traversed, which seems like a good sign, and we're keeping an eye out for the Serpent's Eye Temple, again, the only place that they do stop, and Viper remembers hearing that the temple is just past Catacot. And that is where the road stops. And beyond that, it's just jungle. So we're going to the end of the road, basically. And vipers through Silas suddenly notices there's these little tiny people ahead on the road, like a foot and a half tall, like little tiny people or creatures of some kind that seem to like be foraging on the side of the road. And so we slow down a little bit to kind of approach cautiously. They seem a little impish, and um, we're all a little, you know, shy of fae like creatures that can be a little hit or miss sometimes. And they've got this kind of wild tendrils of hair and these kind of porcelain dome like faces, like a plate face kind of thing. And as they see us, they scurry off off the road, and one touches a rock and seemingly disappears behind it. And we're like, this is a little weird. So we cautiously pass by. We're like, I don't think we want to interact with the scary little impish people. And so as we pass by safely, I'm kind of watching behind to see if they try and follow us or not. And I noticed one come back out from the rock and seemingly just go back to foraging kind of thing. They don't seem to be very nefarious, but we have been told everything in this jungle will try to kill us. So, we are going to leave them be, even though they're they're kind of fun and cute, I guess. Yeah. Um, a few hours later, it's getting dark, and we decide we should probably bunk down for the night. It seems like this is a bad place to travel after dark, so we pull the wagon off to the side Me a like, bit. Bit. I think of, <laughs> like solid proof
1: that it is. Yes.
0: Yeah. We don't want to be here after dark, <laughs> so we pull off the road a little bit, and I'm gonna cast Tiny Hut for us because with Tiny Hut we all kind of huddle together and anything that's in the dome when it's cast can then come and go as it pleases. But anything outside is not able to enter. So we're safe, we're protected there. So I'm gonna cast the hut and as I'm getting ready to cast it, it takes about a minute. We see kind of this bluish mist coming towards us starting to cover the path ahead as night is following. And Mako thanks Sir Littlefoot for his help today and uh, dispenses him for the night because Sir Littlefoot isn't like a real creature. He's like a fiend creature. So he's there, but he's not really there, which is a little weird, but he cannot come in the hut with us because he's too big. So we'd have to leave him outside and then he could potentially be killed very nastily. So we'd rather just send him away and then a new spell will bring him back in the yeah. that'll be fine so he goes away and I'm casting tiny hut and in that time the mist kind of envelops us (laughs) and as your face predicts not a good thing so we all had to roll constitution saving throws and Viper and Nathaniel failed their saving (sighs) throws and as the mist covers them they're like coughing and sneezing and kind of twitching and Viper starts trying to like scoop the mist up and like put it in his bag and hug it to himself Like a cat on catnip, he's like following it off into the trees. And so Mako kind of grabs him and is like, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna stay here while Brenna casts the hut, okay? Because if he's outside the hut, he won't be able to come back in. So we need to make sure he stays close. And Sumi waterbends some mist that she's able to color blue and kind of brings it in front of Viper and lures him back towards us kind of thing. And he's like quite happy for this mist it doesn't seem to be going away anywhere. So that's good. And the hut finishes casting. So we're all inside. We're all safe. The mist within our hut dispenses kind of thing. And we settle down to sleep. And as we're all kind of settling down, Nathaniel is having a bit of difficulty. He like lies down and gets up and he's kind of circling his spot and kicking the ground a bit, lying down, getting up, circling his spot, kicking the ground a bit lying down. And he just keeps doing this over and over and over again. He's like, I just can't get comfortable. And so we're trying to give him suggestions like use your backpack as a pillow and make sure you don't have a root under you or something like that. But he just can't get comfy. And we're a little fixated again on Viper with his little cloud of mist. Something is obviously wrong. He's Viper. like, um, Bubbles from Finding yeah. Nemo. Yeah. My Bubbles. So, um uh, Mako casts Lay on Hands on Viper, which kind of wakes him up out of this weird curse or whatever he was under. And he's back to himself. He's like, Whoa, wh- what's going on? And Sumi turns the mist into water and like, splashes and He's like, because he's a cat, right? So he goes off to kind of lick his paws and make himself feel better, and Sumi is now suspicious that Nathaniel, who this whole time has been up and down and circling and kicking the ground, maybe also has something wrong with him, just of a different nature. So she does a medicine check on him and convinces Mako to do a lay on hands on Nathaniel too. And something was on him, like a curse type thing. So that breaks that. He's finally able to get comfy and go to sleep and we're all able to get a long rest, which is good. The next morning we wake up and I'm like, I got chills and like maybe a fever, I'm not feeling great. So that's not lovely. I kind of medicine check myself and I'm very clearly exhausted and pretty sure I have some kind of disease. So that's not fun. Yay, jungle. Um, But we get ready for fever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, basically. Get ready for our morning. Mako brings her little foot back and we hitch him up to the curveball. And we're just like covered in bug bites. We're itchy. The second morning is not as fun as yesterday was. Traveling through the jungle. things couldn't been to safe igloo? Bugs well, just- we were in, you know, the, the land boat all day yesterday, also being bitten by bugs. Okay. So they're just now that they're bothering us, essentially. And we travel for a bit. And encounter a fallen log across the path oh, so Mako gets out to go investigate the log it looks like it fell in the night there's signs of rot and stuff on it and as he's looking around for like how easy it'll be to move it the vines on it start moving towards him and there's a vine monster so we have to fight it and all of my roles were like terrible and my spell shots were lame and I'm like Guys, I'm not feeling well. Can we just get this over with? It was very appropriate. I love when the dice actually cooperate with how your character is supposed to be. The dice were definitely cooperating with the fact that Brenna was not feeling well that morning. But we did manage to kill the vine monster, even though it put up a fight, and we move the fallen log across the path. And as we carry on, I tell everyone, yeah, I'm feeling pretty sick. I'm not feeling great. Something's wrong with me. So Sumi investigates. She's got pretty good medicine level for checking and she kind of concludes it's from a bug bite one of these bugs that are constantly biting us and coaxes Mako into doing his lay on hands healing spell and I'm cured of the shivering sickness and back to enjoying the heat and humidity that is around us and at this point Viper remembers oh yeah bug repellent is a thing they sell in the cities tabaxi don't need it we have fur Never thought about it for you guys. So yeah, we probably should have bug repellent, but here we are in the middle of the jungle with Just no bug repellent. Exposed
1: to the alley.
0: So that was um thrilling to discover. We carry on carrying on. And at this point, a few of us notice some creatures maybe about the size of humanoids running along the path ahead, like in the same direction that we're going. And Glenn notices that they have tails. And as we get closer, it's a pack of raptors. A full-on pack of raptors. But that is your first dinosaur encounter. First proper dinosaur yeah. encounter. Yep. We, we saw a few walking in the city that were like pets, but this yeah. is like dinosaur, dinosaur. So yeah, raptors surround us. And Sir Littlefoot. And as we try to fight them off, there's like nine to a dozen of them, like quite a lot. As we're trying to fight them, They make quick work of Sir Littlefoot and he blinks out of existence and he's gone and we have no steed, which is terrible. And so we're fighting them and doing okay. And then suddenly they all turn and run into the jungle, which seems like a bad sign. Mm -hmm. And so Mako looks to see why they ran Mm -hmm. and uh, gets the feeling something big is coming. And so he jumps off the land boat and goes into the bushes to try to hide. Glenn's trying to pull the cart off the road, but it's a big land boat. So he just goes off into the bushes to hide. Yeah. It's like
1: a scene from Ice Age Dawn of the Dinosaurs. (laughs) Literally.
0: It was great. We were like, no! So Glenn gives up on trying to hide the land boat. It's too heavy for us. He hides. And um, as he's hiding, like a massive T-Rex erupts from the trees, running towards us. And uh, at this point I turn myself and Sumi invisible so that we can hide better and we book it off into the bushes to hide as well. Everybody else is now kind of hiding as well. And initially it seems like that's our plan. We'll just hide and hope it continues chasing the raptors and goes away and it will be okay. But someone's always gotta be the hero, right? So Mako's like, I can draw it off so he starts running away and like doing hits at it and uh it it starts attacking him so then some of the others start attacking the t-rex so that it doesn't like freaking kill mako because that would suck and i'm still invisible at this point which means i haven't attacked or cast a spell because that breaks the invisibility
1: Mm -hmm. because
0: my mindset is that if we all go unconscious We're all just dead. We need a healer to stay alive. I have some healing spells. I need to stay alive. I need to stay hidden. But Mako's getting pretty beat up by this dinosaur. So I did a healing spell at him, which breaks my invisibility. I'm still trying to hide as best I can, though. Yeah. And he realizes at this point he's in trouble. This might have been a bad idea. And is kind of calling for help as he runs. And the T-Rex swoops down and, like, bites him and picks him up in his mouth. And so now it's carrying Mako. And we're like, ah! (laughs) This is not good. So we're fighting a T-Rex now. We're full on fighting a T-Rex and we managed to hit it enough that it drops Mako out of its mouth but it's really strong and as it's fighting back it knocks Mako out which is not good and so I do a healing spell on him, wake him back up and we continue fighting it because what are you going to do at this point? You can't outrun a (laughs) T-Rex. It knocks Nathaniel out. It knocks Mako out. This is not going well. But no. at this point, it decides, hey, I was, I was in this for an easy meal. This is not what I asked for. So it starts deciding it's gonna leave. Thank you for the mercy, DM. That was very kind. So it leaves us and we're able to stabilize our unconscious friends and take a short rest to kind of get our bearings. At this point, so Littlefoot is gone. It's gonna take a spell slot to bring him back. Our land boat, you know, the good ship Curveball, was damaged in the fight by, you know, the T-Rex kind of kicking it or swiping it with its tail accidentally. So it's not in great shape. It's not even noon yet. This is going to be like a six to eight day journey. So this is going to be a lot harder than we thought. And that's where we ended session. (laughs) Oh my goodness.
1: Yeah, it was
0: a lot. We were all kind of like,
1: Okay. <laughs> I'm so tired just from <laughs> listening. That was that.
0: two sessions. So that is a lot of information to just chuck at y'all at once. But like, just the,
1: what you all had to go through.
0: It, I was not expecting it to be quite that. Like, I knew everything was going to try and kill us, but that was a lot of things trying to, trying to kill us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It really was everything. Yeah. And it's only day two. (laughs) Oh my goodness.
1: (laughs) I would have been like, you know what? I'm going to have a nap until you figure this
0: out. I feel like (laughs) at some points I find myself questioning, how much do we really want to rescue Sabane and Eleanor Price? I don't know if we're even going to make it in time. (laughs) Yeah.
1: The pros and cons are a little bit glaring yeah but we really
0: want to save them apparently so into the woods we go yes (laughs) yeah
1: goodness (laughs) it was like kind of fun and funny at the beginning but it yeah good turn for the intense (laughs) yeah as
0: soon as we entered the jungle it was just left right and center very literally left right and center but,
1: and up and, yeah. and down and
0: especially because that was the same session as we had like the high of the creation of the landboat and how completely out of left field that was but like the perfect thing for that moment and then suddenly we were like whoa we are woefully unprepared for this <laughs> you had so much confidence going in yeah we were super overconfident like yeah. you, re- you you might have noticed that we did not buy food For this journey, we didn't buy supplies at any point. We made
1: ourselves a boat, and we went into the jungle. So you set yourselves up very well for failure. Yeah, kind of. (laughs) You were just, you were literally like, okay, let's go die in a nice
0: boat. Basically. So that was a a little bit of an awakening, I suppose. (laughs) I feel like in the last,
1: in the, um, not last campaign, but in the first campaign, I had like this, like, you guys are doing really bad (laughs) stretch I was like, why can't you get anything right? And (laughs) I, I, this feels like the direction that's going in.
0: I feel like we were asking so many questions, but not necessarily in a way that was preparing us, really. We were trying to prepare, but we weren't going about it very well. (laughs) No and we are now realizing that at the point of no return so literally it's fun maybe a void will come and suck you away yeah that happened in campaign one it's always convenient you know when you just get brought to a different plane spontaneously
1: that's probably what your your dm was like oh my gosh they just can't get it together let's (laughs) suck them up for a little while
0: no I think that part in campaign mine was planned but it was a (laughs) bit of a shock to us
1: yes (laughs) well it was all very interesting yeah there was I'm gonna be honest moments where I was like I actually don't think I know what's (laughs) going on but
0: well that's the thing with also having had such a gap since the last time we talked about this one right you do start to forget little bits that might be referenced in the next session. Yeah, but if it's been such a gap. So
1: no, it was it was interesting. Yeah, I liked. Well, I mean, yeah, we can just jump into them. Sure, but um, there was a lot of info gathering, and it's kind yeah. of hard to take notes for that because it's just like, well, we figured this out, but yeah, you figured out that there's a shipment coming in. You went mm-hmm. to talk to the pirate lady, very smooth and super smooth. She's and just, so subtle. Off crates, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um then you Oh yeah, you discovered about the slave market that mm-hmm. there was a slave yeah.
0: market. Yeah. She told us in the market there's a, a place. And so you do some
1: more info gathering, you go that is not a word.
0: <laughs> we go to the market? No. The blacksmith? No.
1: <laughs> cool. It's, it's a word um, yeah. that's in front of shopping. So I don't know what that is.
0: In front of shopping.
1: It, it's not even like that I can't figure out what I spelled. I think it, it looks like little doodles, and then I wrote shopping, so maybe it wasn't a word.
0: There you go. Maybe.
1: Um, <laughs> then you just go, oh. <laughs> oh, it was a word. I was trying to spell elitist. That has a lot of ah. S's and T's and well maybe it doesn't have yeah. a lot it has a lot the way i wrote it and it just <laughs> looks really spirally so i couldn't really tell
0: that would be mantra's palace i guess the yeah. elitist shop okay okay
1: <laughs> i think i
0: kind of like wasn't
1: paying attention and i just was like loop de loop de loop de loop it's
0: it's fine
1: <laughs> i also don't dot my eyes which That's is relevant enough. to how this yeah. looks you cannot For tell sure. yeah um so anyways you <laughs> try to accomplish elitist shopping. Yeah, and then you decided to go the poor people disguise route, <laughs> which wasn't much of a disguise because you are poor people. Yeah, that's true. Um, Then, okay, this is where I was having a little bit of a hard time. Yeah, concentrating
0: <laughs> just for <I> myself.
1: <laughs> but you went to the yeah, you went to the pits, and then there was like some conversations and people. Yes. And I just was yeah. having a hard time keeping track of
0: all of them. It's because they got... both have names that start with F. Okay. It's hard to, it took me a little bit to figure out who was who. Because it's Falcon and Fang. Yeah. But I got like,
1: well, you, I understood the outcome. Of yeah.
0: everything. But, um,
1: oh, look here. Before I even found out everything else that happens, I literally wrote, you're being set up for failure. <laughs> I knew. <laughs> uh, I knew
0: <laughs> I wish we'd known <laughs> and,
1: and after that I, I've had questioning I was gonna ask what goes on at the den the den
0: is like the capital city essentially okay. so, it's so it's a dwelling Deontay place culture okay. I guess which well, is, is not great lots of you know ritual sacrifice and stuff like yeah
1: you, yeah I I really think it's so funny that before I was, I was like, okay, I have to make a note of this question. I was (laughs) like, this is bad. This, I wrote, Oh, I wrote, I can't figure out who to trust and you're being set up for failure.
0: (laughs) That's Um, probably because Falcon was a little unsure of Viper and Fang interacting with each other.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I got, i i was hesitant to believe in you guys i think i yeah. still am because you proved Thank that you. yeah it's not really something that is working out but anyway not
0: easily done
1: <laughs> you um got a british rhinocosaur yeah
0: a rhinocosaur.
1: you created your land boat when you started describing the fact that there's like the boat situation yeah. my thought for how to deal with that use the boat in the jungle I was like somebody has to have like a a stream spell you're going to create a stream in the middle of the jungle.
0: Honestly, I don't know if Sumi can do that or not, but she can water bend. I don't know if she can like spontaneously create enough water to make that
1: happen. That was my, I was like, that would have
0: been hilarious. This this is going to work because
1: I thought if you're on like a water source, that means you go yeah. real fast,
0: and yeah. you just, <laughs> it's like a we water source. could have had the boat on the water, like you know how canals. They have, like, the long boats that were pulled by a horse. Yeah. We could have had Sir Littlefoot pull it, but he could have gone fast because it wouldn't have felt as heavy in the water. Yes. Oh. And it would have been
1: so quick, and yeah. you wouldn't have encountered. My like my thought process was, like, if you're on water, that means hopefully you're going, like, fast enough that you won't have yeah. to encounter too many obstacles. But you didn't do that. You guys are now Whoa. in the of the jungle with nothing. So. I'm
0: hoping that that was not an option that we had available to us i guess you'll never know i'll have to ask sumi if that's something i'm sure as she's listening to this she'll text me now that i've said it out loud she's gonna so she'll text me and tell me if that was possible or not
1: <laughs> i i really hope it wasn't possible just yeah, so you would have like been that cool comfort of like oh it wouldn't have worked but it yeah. could have been cool um we did invent the land boat though which you know is is it's also very cool yeah i, I definitely <laughs> made note of like you know, the, the commitment to yeah. that boat.
0: Yeah, it was so thrilling to be part of the process. Um, yeah. <laughs> not really part, I wasn't part. To observe the process of yeah. that
1: invention happening. And, I mean, up until the moment it didn't work, it did
0: work. Yeah. It was very efficient. And we were going, you know, much quicker than if we'd been walking. So, yeah. yeah. So, bravo. <laughs>
1: um then there was some undead gorillas. I truly, I don't know what happened, but, like, I think I blacked out a little bit because, <laughs> True. like, I'm not kidding because my I just wrote land boat and then the next note was undead gorillas. So whatever happened between there?
0: I mean, not much did. We just okay. had a nice morning of pretending to be land pirates and then I, suddenly there were undead gorillas. <laughs> I didn't hear that part because I was like,
1: oh, what? And I, I said, <laughs> everything happened so fast. It's the curveball yes a good ship
0: curveball <laughs>
1: um and then there were some jungle people yep that you didn't expect but also were like well this is the jungle and there's stuff here. Yeah, exactly. it's actually funny that I had a real life jungle people encounter in the jungle oh yes I remember you telling and me I that. didn't expect that and so it was like you "Oh my gosh. expect the I jungle people <laughs> I didn't. I was very quickly, very, very quickly. I was in the jungle in Malaysia, uh, (laughs) a little bit naively thought that like, this was just a walking path. Um, It wasn't there was literally people living their lives in in their homes in the jungle, did not encounter them, but they did walk across our path of two feet in front of us. They were just being jungle people living their lives. And, and then as we were walked further, we saw their living arrangements and it was surreal. And (laughs) that whole entire trip was literally a fever dream that we don't need to get into, but it was a nice little memory. um, A little jog. Yeah, it was very, I felt like I had lived it because I had. (laughs) So I'm glad you got through that um, encounter,
0: you know, without any complications. You know, what's even better? We learned before the next session after this, those were good guys. (gasps) We could have interacted with them and it would have been totally fine. So that was a little disappointing. A little. (laughs) But, you know, better safe than sorry when you're told repeatedly that everything in the jungle will kill you. So Yeah, I guess... In that moment, it's good that you can heed advice. I feel yeah. like
1: you're a group of people who would be like, well, maybe not everybody is bad. <laughs> and then you would stumble upon the very bad people to interact with. Exactly, Which you kind of already have proven that that's <laughs> happened. But um, you had a rough night. Yeah. it was- Well, a rough start to the night.
0: The night itself became okay, I
1: guess. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. A-, a rough start to the night and then a rough day. Yeah. It kind of just got worse. Yeah. Um a rough you, morning even. That wasn't even a whole time. Yeah. You just woke up and barely started your day and everything was bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um you encountered a vine monster. Mhm. Then you were very sick and tired, but yep. like also like sick and tired. Chills. <sighs> um that got sorted. Then you had your dinosaur encounter, the first yeah. official bad dinosaur encounter
0: with two dinosaurs in it. Yeah, with, like, two different kinds of dinosaurs,
1: dinosaurs. Species. So you battled some raptors. The raptors was were like, actually, never mind. Gotta go. Gotta go. Gotta go. Um, and then I'm yeah, I said this already, but it literally was like a is a scene from ice age dawn of the dinosaurs
0: (laughs) i don't think i've seen that one so i need to watch that
1: (laughs) it's funny um it's just a disaster yeah and so you had t-rex it was t-rex time and (sighs) it left on a this is going really badly what do we do next uh oh no yeah yikes note yeah
0: basically (laughs) so yeah that's it super fun it i do wasn't... know what happens next though so i have spoilers but
1: <laughs> i'm yeah. looking forward to i mean i'm assuming
0: obviously you you get through it or maybe we just turn around and go back to find trito maybe we gave up on, oh. on salvaine and eleanor
1: you could have done that so maybe you don't get through it but <laughs> i guess we'll find out next time oh, um, it was nice to catch up with this group of yeah Jolly folk again. <laughs> I missed. I missed this story. they yeah. this one. I'm both of them. I really enjoy. I I really enjoy them. But I get a lot of. I get cracked up by the <laughs> happenings.
0: This one seems, like, not that the other one isn't funny, but this one seems a lot more comedic in certain yeah. senses. Like, it it has very comedic moments and very dark moments. Yeah. It's got both. Oh,
1: yeah. That's, I think, the thing. For sure, the other campaign, I did not get, like, the heebie-jeebie shivers right. in that one. Um, this one, I'm, like, all the time, just cr- <laughs> not cringing, but, like, uh, nah, I don't like <laughs>
0: well, What's going to happen next?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah keeps me on my
0: toes. I enjoy it. It's kind of fun.
1: <laughs> I, I, I think it's really fun.
0: Yeah. yeah. And We get to play tomorrow as of filming this, which will be exciting. Yeah. Get into it. I'm glad we got to catch up
1: now so we're not yeah. even further behind. Yeah. We'll probably combine, I think, two sessions again next time we chat to yeah. get us back on track. But
0: Hopefully we can mm-hmm. stay on
1: track. Our Our lives are a little bit falling apart,
0: but we're doing our best. We are. We're doing our best. So it'll be okay. They found my dice. I think I mentioned this in the last campaign one episode we filmed, which will probably go up after this episode, but I'm currently missing one of my dice. I left it at the the DM for this game's house. So it's not lost forever. That's good. Yeah. So there's some good news for our crazy week. (laughs) that fixes everything yeah exactly if only now we gotta roll an nad 20 oh that, that's putting too much pressure on it too much too much do you want to roll some dice though
1: yeah let's roll some dice all right
0: let's see if we can
1: figure out which one now i think i have no idea what one we haven't done but maybe the purple this one yes
0: Purple and sparkly. I like this one. It's it's To me, it looks the most like a galaxy. It's yeah. just like purple and navy and it's pretty. Okay. Don't do us dirty, please. Mm.
1: One? That's a one. Oh, no.
0: <laughs> That's the dirtiest it could do. It really is. the dir- Maybe it's like uh, a one that is reflecting on our past week not on the future week it's just like just it's the closing bracket I of can't what do. just it's... happened i can't i'll roll it again oh I, that was that was a weird crookedness yeah, yeah it's still not doing very well no don't stop We're Stop are sticking with the one unfortunately oh my goodness well that it's, it's fitting considering where this episode left off story-wise yeah, honestly that's true it does feel true. like we've hit a party nat one in our interaction right okay, there yeah
1: let's go with let's go with that we're sticking yeah. with that that's good
0: and <laughs> you know hope for better yeah it'll improve and in the, at the end of the day it, it is just a dice it's a piece of plastic with numbers on it, it
1: so. It has okay. no relevance to impact anything that is real life. Yeah. Just fun. Just story. Fun games. <laughs> Podcast is canceled. One of us is dead.
0: Oh, no! <laughs> Don't joke about that. Okay. Okay, I'm going to cut us off right now. <laughs> Thank you for listening, everybody. We've been excited to chat about this campaign again with you. And we'll, uh, we'll see you next time we see you, I guess. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. Okay, bye.
1: Goodbye.
0: <laughs>